Hi, I'm Jill Fetcher. And I'm Maggie Humphrey. And you're listening to The Agency Scoop, where we're talking about business from an agency point of view. And our point of view with some laughs along the way. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in every month for the latest scoop. Welcome to this month's episode of The Agency Scoop. And as you can tell, it looks a little different here if you're watching on YouTube. I have a new co-host, Maggie Humphrey. Welcome, Maggie. Thanks, Jill. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I think this will be really great. I'm I'm happy to have somebody here to talk about agency life and the things that we're excited about, the things that are giving us challenges and, you know, just anything that that has to do with agency stuff. Yeah, definitely have some experience there. Well, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you? Yeah, so um, I am actually from Rochester, New York, so about an hour down the 90 if you're from Buffalo. <laughs> um, I actually interned at Cypress North years ago, um, took a little bit of a break and worked at an agency in Rochester, and now I'm back. <laughs> it's great to be back. I've been here for about six months, and I'm a digital marketing manager. Um, outside of the agency, I have a, an adorable golden retriever. His name's Oakley, and he's my my love, and I actually have a little dog sticker right on my laptop. <laughs> um, I have a husband. He's pretty great. and uh, Not as great as the dog no, that I gets mean, mentioned yeah, first. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> um, yeah, and then just free time, you know, just hanging out with friends and family, but um, I've been really enjoying my time here, and I'm really excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Good. Well, we're so happy to have you back at Cypress North, of course, and I love working with you, and so... <laughs> It only made sense to have you come onto the podcast and be my partner in crime for this. Yeah. So we are changing things up a little bit um, with the structure of the agency scoop. So every month we're going to talk about some trending news, not necessarily report on it, but give our point of view on what's going on and just chat about it. We are also going to pull back the curtain a little bit and tell you about what's happening here at Cypress North. Um, things that we consider a win, things that we consider a loss, maybe some things that are in the middle that we're testing and trying, and then have a main topic every month. So this month we're going to talk about working from home and how agencies have gone remote, the pros and cons, all of that. And um, we'll end with a fun little segment that we like to call Don't Be That Girl. So Yeah, definitely stick around for that because it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. So to get into the news... I think, you know, the number one trending topic right now really is Twitter um, and the Twitter takeover. And I hear lots of people talking about it, Um, not just the takeover by Elon Musk, but all of the people that he has laid off and all the people that have left and subsequently all of the other layoffs with the big tech companies. So, Maggie, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, I I think Greg has covered a lot of how he feels about this topic in our other podcast, Marketing O'Clock, if you haven't heard of it. Yeah, so Twitter's actually laid off about 50% of its workers, which is really unfortunate and very drastic. But they're not alone. A lot of big tech tech companies have been giving major layoffs, which is extremely unfortunate, especially for the time of year. And of course, when anybody loses their job, that's unfortunate. So um, looking at some of the other tech companies, 
We know that um, Shopify laid off 10%, Meta is in the thousands, Apple is at a hiring freeze along with Amazon, and then recently it's been announced that Alphabet is actually seeking to identify around 10,000 poor performing employees for layoffs. So that hasn't happened yet, but there's a lot of rumors going around right now. Yeah. Well, that makes a, it makes a lot of sense that they would try to position it that way as poor performing. You have to think when you're laying off people that you would always try to select the worst performing ones, right? Yeah. So they're actually implementing uh, a new performance structure, which I thought was really interesting. That's essentially managers have to rate 6% of their employees on a five-point rating scale. And I do think it's a smart way of doing it. Nobody wants to do layoffs, but focusing in on underperforming staff, I think, is the best way to go. And it kind of people are going to almost self-eliminate at that point. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's what they're phasing in right now. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. I think we, we all know that as far as these big tech, tech companies go, revenue is down. We saw last month YouTube ad revenue shrank from the year prior. I do think it's important to note that in 2021, it was a huge year for these companies as far as revenue goes because 2020, 2021 were such big years. So, I mean, if you're comparing it year over year, it's kind of hard because I think it's not a surprise that you're down. But again, things are shifting back to pre-pandemic in the sense that people are not, I mean, they are online more so than they were before COVID, but people are still now going back to going into the office more and going to malls and shopping a little bit more than they did during COVID. So things are shifting, um, and these companies definitely have to make changes through that. Yeah. I think last year, too, there was so much scarcity with employees. A lot of people were quitting. We were calling it the great resignation. We had a really hard time. I know there were certain positions that – if I posted a project manager position, it was posted for a month and I only got 15 applications. And that's unheard of in our industry. Typically you post a project manager and within a day you get 200. And so I think last year, a lot of these companies staffed up maybe unnecessarily that they were just hiring whoever was there because they were trying to get all the best talent. And now they're realizing that maybe there wasn't such a need for so many people. Right. I I 100% agree. And I think a lot of some of the other topics that are trending right now is that quiet quitting. And I think that this type of performance review is really going to flesh out those quiet quitters. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, at this point, we really need to prioritize the people that are good and that are hard workers. And I think a company like Google, um, you know, you think of Google as a company that typically overpays it's kind of a cushy job mm-hmm. but at the end of the day when it starts they're really refocusing on being more efficient so that's definitely the approach that they're taking with this entire thing yeah it makes sense i mean my entire career has been for smaller companies i've never worked for a big corporate fortune 500 company i've had a lot of clients over the years that are of that caliber and, and have that enterprise um, vision, but I've never personally worked for one. So for me, it's, it, you know, everybody, you can tell when someone's not pulling their weight in a smaller company, right? It sticks out like a sore thumb because everyone's really vital. But in a huge company like that, not only are there tons of people who might be quiet quitting, might be hiding um, from doing their job, it's, it's also just like harder to spot them and it's harder to let them go. There's a lot of red tape involved with 
firing somebody at a huge Fortune 500 company because they you have to follow all the proper steps and the paperwork. Um, my husband works for a huge logistics company. And during the pandemic, they laid off a lot of people. But it wasn't because the company was doing bad because, as we all know, supply chain, logistics, um, their companies were doing great during the pandemic because everybody needed them. But um, they were able to use the pandemic as an excuse almost to cut the fat and to get rid of people who were poor performers for a long time, but because of the structure and because of all the issues with getting, you know, getting people out, a lot of times they just float around from department to department because it's harder to fire them than to just move a problem around in a big system like that. So it seems like all the tech companies are taking one example, someone else is doing it. Oh, it's good. We'll all do it. <laughs> like, let's all lay off all the people that aren't performing for us or aren't doing their job or that we don't need anymore. And I think that makes sense too, right? I think any company company wouldn't necessarily want someone working there that's not pulling their weight or participating the way that they should be. So the other thing that I wanted to know, I've read some articles that are um, of the opposite news where we're hearing all of this in the media about these big tech companies, these huge companies that everybody knows, like um, Google and Twitter laying off all of these people. And it does seem to be specifically in that big tech sector. So while it sounds alarmist and when people are on the news talking about tens of thousands of jobs and it is a big chunk of people and, and again, don't want anybody to lose their job, but it is. It does seem that it's only in this, you know, tech sector right now. Unemployment is still at a at a very low rate, and everywhere you go in town, everybody is hiring. Um, every company I know is looking for good people, you know, here. So, it is something to kind of take with a grain of salt that it is these big tech giants that are doing this, and not necessarily the the all of the world that is yeah. looking for that are losing their jobs. Right. My husband, he um, owns a small business and he can't hire enough people. Mm -hmm. You know, he really needs people trying to get people in the door. It's been a struggle. So that's still very much an issue that business owners are facing. For sure. So uh, the next topic I wanted to talk about briefly was highspeedinternet.com released the 2022 Internet Usage Report. And I thought... Uh, there were some interesting things to come out of this report, <laughs> um, particularly how Americans' habits have changed since the start of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I just feel like people are lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw this too. I know you shared it with me that there are, they said how their habits have changed since the start of the pandemic. And so many people, nearly half of the people said that there's no change in their usage of social media or shopping online or getting food or groceries, 41%. TVs, like what? Right? Like there is no way that half of America has not changed. I am calling BS on this report and that I think they should redo the survey. <laughs> I agree. Especially like streaming movies and TV. Like with the change in going to the movie, I feel like no one goes to the movies anymore. I mm -hmm. don't go to the movies anymore. I'm not a movie theater person whatsoever. So like being able to stream videos on my TV at home in my own living room was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> So I just can't believe that that habit hasn't changed for them. Right. There's just no way. Right. I also wanted to call out this one that said 64% of people said there was no change in how they're using rideshare apps. If you're using rideshare apps during the pandemic, you had to have been using them either less or differently. I, I just cannot imagine that 
so many people are like, yeah, no, same, same. I just right. use Uber the same amount. Not true. Right, right. I think my favorite one is 60% more Americans are staying home more. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course they are. Of course. Well, it, related to that, Matt Navarro tweeted that nearly one in five Americans listen to a podcast every day, and that has doubled. I know Marketing Clock reported on that as well. And I have to say that I listen to so many more podcasts now that I'm going back into the office. And so I listen to podcasts all the time on my way to work, on my way home from work. I never used to really be a podcast person. Um, but I'm also in the car a lot because my kids are back in sports and activities. So literally every night I just live in my van taking them from one place to the next and listening to all the podcasts that I want to listen to. Yep. I am a podcast girl as well. I love podcasts. Even before the pandemic, I was really into podcasts. I just, to kill time, I like, I get bored a lot, just quietness. I can't handle it. So I like to play either music or listen to a podcast while I'm driving, while I'm grocery shopping, while I'm cooking, cleaning. So I'm definitely one in those five Americans that listens to podcasts daily. <laughs> but what's interesting is it's still growing. So I'm interested to see, you know, if that grows even more. All right. So should we talk more about our agency, Cypress North, and what we're doing? Kind of a look behind the curtain? Yeah, let's take a look behind the curtain. So first off, talk about awesome things that are going on wins in our book um one of the greatest things that has happened you know maggie coming back here a few months ago and starting back with cypress north but do you want to share our big news yeah as well I'm so excited yeah so of course as i mentioned i am from rochester um but i'm not commuting here every day as much as i love being here with everyone <laughs> we actually opened an office in rochester so we have a small space right now um it's myself greg and we have, we've just brought on one other team member. Growing into the Rochester market, it gives us a lot of awesome opportunity, right? There's a great talent pool out there. There's lots of other great agencies in the Rochester area. And uh, so far, it's so good. You know, we're getting things set up there. We have some fun um, things going on. I think if you follow us on social media, you'll start to see some fun um, pictures and things that are going on there. Uh, so stay tuned for more, but we're definitely excited to get started on everything. One of the awesome things about having a Rochester office and a Buffalo office, they're only an hour apart, an hour and a few minutes. And so our people can kind of go back and forth. We have a few people that work in the Buffalo office that live in Buffalo that are from Rochester. So they go there sometimes if they're visiting family and they can just work from the office there. It's also just nice to, to have kind of an extension of our culture and be able to go through that and try to recreate the culture that we have here in the Rochester office and learn from each other. And so um, I'm really excited about it. I love visiting and, and going there. <laughs> we love having you. Great. <laughs> One of the other good things is it is year end. And for anyone that works in agency new business, you know that is like new business season. Everyone from October through December is looking for quotes, looking for... Um, proposals for what we would do for them next year. There's always a ton of RFPs at this time of year. And one of the good things that I that I feel is a win, just overall, not necessarily a single win that we've gotten or anything like that, but I think that as we've grown and become more certain in who we are and what kind of clients that we want to look for, I love that we're able to take things in and evaluate them and say, this is not a good fit for us. 
or um, this is not the kind of people we want to be working with, or this is not the kind of client that we want. Um, we're able to now, as we've grown, be a little more choosy about who we work with. And I think that is just an awesome thing. Um, some Sometimes that's not the case. And so as we're getting to the end of the year, celebrating what's been a phenomenal year of, of growth and good business for us and being able to, you know, look at the new business with that um, discerning eye of what makes the most sense for our business as we move forward, both here and in, in the new office. And to be able to talk about like, how do we staff that? I always say it's a great problem to have. Staffing is such a huge challenge. I know I've talked about it on the podcast a lot. Hiring is such a big challenge, um, but it's the best problem to have that we are looking for more people, not because we have such high turnover or anything, but just because we need more people because our business is growing and things are going well. So that's that is awesome. So not just to talk about the good, we want to tell you about the things that we are having challenges with as well. And something that was really frustrating lately, we had a client that we've been working with for several months on some paid ads. We have a monthly retainer with them. They came to us and said, we need you to work on this other stuff for us, some content, some SEO, and we need it yesterday. They were like, we would if we could time travel two weeks ago, we would have hired you then to do this. So we need you to put together a proposal, put together a plan. And we were saying, whoa, 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 wait, we really have to think about this. We have to put some thought into it, you know, come up with the proper strategy and plan. We can't just go in and just start creating content, right? We need to think about it. And they were like, no, 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 right now, like we need a contract. So we were rushing, we put a team together, we were pitching them ideas, we went through, they gave us a budget, they said the number they wanted us to hit, they talked about the expanded scope, we hit the number, we expanded the scope in the way they wanted, and they still didn't take it. And so it was just disappointing. There is nothing more frustrating than the hurry up and wait game because you really drop everything else yeah. that you're doing. And that's what and happened. Like a ton of us were working on other projects and we had to put everything else on hold to crank this out. <laughs> yes. Um, and we even did a formal presentation of everything. We went through everything in great detail, our strategy behind everything that we created and put together. There was strategy in every single person that we placed on the account to service mm -hmm. it. There's a lot of thinking that went into it. So hearing that, oh, you know what? We're going to hold off. From our point of view, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, also at the agency, as we always talk about, we're testing and trying things, just doing things a little differently, always evolving you know, how we run things and how we do things. So one of the things that I am excited about that we are trying out and seeing how it works, which has been going well, is our intern, Victoria, who is fabulous and just amazing. She was our intern over the summer and she is still in school. She has two years left of school. So we made her a part-time coordinator. So she's no longer an intern. She's actually at the entry-level position of digital marketing. And when she graduates, she'll have an actual job, not just an internship to put on her resume, but she's also a valuable part of our team. And she's hitting all of the metrics that we require a coordinator to have. So by the time she graduates, maybe she'll be even higher than that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a great opportunity for the both of us, right? This mm -hmm. is going to help her out and build her resume up. And then we also get to work with her. She's great. So yeah. it was a really um, exciting move that we made. And so far, so good. Yeah. And I think the, the big thing to note about it is that she is part-time, which I think a lot of agencies shy away from 
having part-time employees. It's harder to manage when you're only here a few days a week, those kinds of things. So typically we wouldn't have gone out looking for a part-time coordinator. It's not a job that we would typically hire part-time, but because of her schooling and, and it's important that she finish and all of that, we, we made it happen. So yeah. And she's very talented. She's been heading all of our social media accounts and She's been doing that recently. She's doing a great job. Speaking of content, that's another thing that we are really leading into lately. And we have found that most of our new business leads come from our content, whether it's the Marketing O'Clock podcast that we do every single week, whether it is our blog posts or um, resource guides that are on our website. A lot of our leads come from the content that we generate. And so we have hired a full-time video content producer Tables, who is producing this podcast right now. Shout out to Tables. <laughs> His nickname is Tables. His actual name is Eric. But we <laughs> we hired him full-time to really lean in and have a 100% dedicated employee that is working on just content for the agency. And it makes a lot of sense. The agency life is often the shoemaker's kids who have no shoes. Is that the saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, as an agency, we're constantly preaching to our clients how important content is, yet it's really hard for us to do that ourselves. <laughs> so now we have Victoria and Tables who are really just dedicated to producing our own agency content. And honestly, they make a great team and it's going to be great. So do we want to get into our main topic today? Sure. Let's talk about working from home. Yeah working from home. So um, just a few stats <laughs> to start us off. Um, I think, you know, it's safe to say that working from home is kind of become the new normal. Um, things are kind of starting to shift and change as we move into 2023. Um, but according to Forbes, just under 4% of people were working from home pre-COVID, which actually left up to 15% by the end of 2021. And it's actually also being projected um, to 25% of North America will be remote by the end of 2022, which should increase into 2023. Wow. Yeah. So one in four people working from home right now, listening to this podcast in their pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but according to Zipia, it's expected that by 2025, 36.2 million Americans will be remote. Wow. And currently, 16% of U.S. companies are fully remote. So of the articles that I read, it seemed like a lot of workers believe that they're more productive at home, but is that really true? So you want my point of view on this? Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> I despise working from home. I cannot stand it. I have so many reasons why this is, but it all stems from I thought that I could work from home. I thought that that seems like a dream, like that you could work from home. And I had done it. I mean, I've had a laptop for years as part of my position. So I've always like done work at night or um, had to be home for a delivery or something and worked from home for a few hours. But March 2020 <laughs> has rocked many people to their core. And we all had to work from home. I have kind of this PTSD from it where the kids always needed something. I had to get them on their remote schooling all of those different things were happening. I was so stressed out. I felt like I could never get anything done. And now, even though all of that's gone, when I work from home, I feel that anxiety of those times. And maybe over time that'll dissipate. We'll see. <laughs> but I also, I generally, I always, I feel torn when I'm working from home where I think, oh, I'll just throw in a load of laundry or I have to unload the dishwasher. There's so many things looking at me in the face when I'm at home that need to be done around the house that 
I I think about doing those things and I can't fully focus on my work. So in that way, I think I'm better in the office where I'm not distracted by my house and all the things that need to be taken care of. But I also, I'm also just a very social person and being at home alone working on my computer. I mean, my husband's there, but he's doing his work from home. He's in the basement doing his thing. I'm upstairs doing my thing. And, but I miss everybody. I like, I like being around people. I think an agency is such a collaborative space and I like to be around my people. I like to eat lunch with everybody and talk about what's going on, what happened that morning, what's going on that afternoon, all of those kinds of things. So I think honestly, I'm not built to work from home because I'm just, I'm a social person. I love to be around people. I I like working from home. I can do it personally. I had to do it for a couple years as we all did. And even now, I still will once in a while. I like having the flexibility, but again, I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> so that I, I don't really have to factor that into it. I do find that I am productive, but I think it's, you know, I have my days for sure where the pile of laundry is also staring at me in the eyes and I want to, you know, work on that too. But for me, I need like a good change up. I like having the flexibility when I am working from home, I can be productive. And I think that it kind of depends for, you know, most people. Like some people it works, some people it doesn't work for them. But I think that puts a lot of like agencies and other businesses into a hard spot because there's employees that love to come in every day. They want to be part of like the in-office collaboration. And then there's people who want to work from home and that's, Mm -hmm. they don't really care. That's what they want and they'll get another job if they have to. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, puts people in a tough position. I know here at Cypress North, we are flexible with our team. Um, We do kind of make it known that if you're new, we like to keep you in office for the first few months to make sure you're ramped up. But, you know, we do have that flexibility, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that a lot of other agencies and businesses are struggling to keep people on because I don't want to say demanding because that's kind of a harsh term, but, you know, People are are more comfortable with speaking their preferences out loud and they will go to another job. So it's just something to think about. I think there's pros and cons to both sides of it, (laughs) you know, Um, especially me being young. If I have an event the night before and I'm out late, but then I have to work the next day, if I can just work from home and avoid that commute altogether. I love that for me, but not everyone's (laughs) like that. so. (laughs) So one of the things, though, is that everyone thinks that they are good at working from home, that likes to work from home. And I don't think that that's true. I think (laughs) it's hard to train people when they're at home. It's hard to know if they're understanding. It's hard to know what they're doing or what they're working on sometimes or if other people are being productive. So I think as someone that manages people, it's hard to know if they're really doing what they can at home. If, If it's not like a glaring like, deliverable that that you can see all the time. And some people are really great at it, but I would say that most people that I know, a lot of my friends included, people in my family will say, oh, I'm great at working from home. I am so good at working from home. I will never work a job in an office again. I love working from home. And I'm here to say that can't be true for all of these people that are working at home, that 25% of the population is actually good at working from home or productive. I think a lot of them are doing that quiet quitting thing that we talked about no, before. I think that's fair. No, I I think that's fair for sure. And personally speaking, I mean, working from home for two years straight, I definitely had some burnout with that. 
And I did miss the social interaction. That was a whole part of it as well. I think it takes a toll on like your overall culture. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's hard to shut the computer off when you're working from home. Yeah. I worked many hours. I got burnt out pretty easily. And I feel like a lot of people have to be struggling with that too. Yeah. You're never not at work when you work from home. Right. You're always working because you walk by your computer and you're like, oh, I'll just check this or check that. You have to be really disciplined to be able to to separate it and to turn it off at the end of the night. When we were home, you know, through the pandemic, and I know that's not necessarily what it's like now, but I worked a lot more hours because I was constantly working in between other things. And I felt like I never turned it off mm-hmm. because I was there. So if I spent an hour during the day doing something else, even though that would be normal to have like a lunch hour or breaks or whatever, if I spent an hour or two hours doing something else, then I felt like I was working at 10 o'clock at night because I had to I, I had to make that up or I had to catch up and I just never felt like I wasn't working. Uh, there's some pros though. I think like for some companies like lowering costs and the, the talent pool is, is a lot bigger if you're willing to hire somebody completely remote, which is, an, which is nice. And we know, you know, maybe not all companies, but some are definitely still struggling with trying to hire talent. So that's a huge pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think it's 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 a catch twenty two for sure. <laughs> um, I see both points of view. But personally speaking, if I have the option to work from home, I would take it. You would full time. Um, would you do full time again? Work from home? I could. I could absolutely do it full time. I don't think if I you know if the opportunity presented itself and it was great, sure. But yeah. See, I'm happy I, with where I'm at right now. <laughs> now I know this about myself that I could never. I didn't realize how much like I couldn't, but I realized this about myself. I could never take a job that's fully remote. However, that being said, like you said, Cypress North is super flexible, as I think most companies are today, unless you're doing something where you physically have to be at work. Like you can't be a surgeon that works from home. Like course, you, yeah. you have to be right. <laughs> in the surgical That'd be room. interesting. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like you, there's certain jobs that you can't work from home, but a lot of corporate office jobs, you have to have that flexibility to be like, okay, we require everyone to be in the office, but if you have an appointment that day in the middle of the day and it's easier to work from home because it's close to your house, go do it. If yeah. you have to pick up your kids or you have, you know, this week, <laughs> my kids have off for two days because they have parent-teacher conferences. So things like that where you have to be home to to do those things, it's so nice to have that like hybrid flexibility. Yeah, flexibility is important. Um, or have people that work from home twice a week or three times a week if they want to and come in the office the other days. Those, those are all great solutions. I don't think I could ever go back to a time where I would work from home full time. That's just not in my being. Period. This is time for what I think will be our favorite segment that I'm calling Don't Be That Girl. (laughs) I love this segment. (laughs) It's going to be fun. So what we wanted to do was, as agency people, we all love to get together with other agency people and just kind of complain about clients. Vent. um, Vent about the type of work that we do because it's sometimes thankless work. Oftentimes yeah. not, but there's I, always those bad clients out there and everyone loves to tell your terrible story about your horrible client. <laughs> and no, no one gets it like somebody who also works at an agency in the same position. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we want to take this time to say, to tell you about a red flag or a story that we had 
where we want to say, don't be that client. So if you're out there on a client side job or you're hiring an agency, this is something that we would say, don't do. One of the things that I see a lot when I'm doing new business and talking to clients about their contracts or proposals is clients that like to negotiate. And there's good ways to negotiate and bad ways to negotiate. (laughs) And one of the things that I really hate is when clients try to make something sound super simple or like it shouldn't take us a lot of time or it shouldn't be worth a lot to get a better price. So when they ask for something and they're like, can I have a quote on this? As I remember, I did that before and it was really simple and easy and just belittle what we do. That makes me see red and I just get so mad. Yeah, because what we do is so easy. That's why you're asking us to help you with it, right? But also like when they're looking for a good deal and they're just trying to like negotiate back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's just like, you know, we put pride in our work and like you you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's super frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and that happens a lot. I see you go back and forth. You're so patient with that. <laughs> also people that have like just a small project, but they're dangling future work in front of us. Like, hey, if you do this for this lower price, there is another trifle brochure you can design in your future. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. So those are a couple negotiating tactics that really drive me crazy, but But a lot of people use them. (laughs) We don't, personally speaking, like we don't want to work with people like that anyways, but we still see it all the time. It's just part of the the day in the life of working at an agency. <laughs> yeah. So if you're on the client side or you're thinking about going client side, don't be that girl. Yeah. Don't be her. We don't like her. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we had for this month. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our podcast. Let us know what you think about the new format. And you can see more of me and my fabulous co-host, Maggie, next month on the Agency Scoop. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening to The Agency Scoop. The Agency Scoop is produced by Cypress North, a digital agency in Buffalo, New York. Our producer is Greg Finn. Our editor is Eric Barnes. Our graphics are by Sammy Hansen. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn to share your thoughts about the episode and give us ideas for future topics. We'll see you next time. 